Welcome to the Startup Creative Podcast. I'm your host, Kayleen Langford, founder of Startup Creative, your go-to source for straight-up business advice. Good morning and welcome to the podcast page. How are you? I'm so well. It's so nice to finally um, sink in and be here with you. I know. Thank you for being here. I, um, I've been following your work for a while. I feel like I'm, we'll definitely get into the timeline, but I feel like um, since I found you, maybe 2020 has like watched you grow and scale and in a really beautiful, different way to what I've seen on, a, on socials of late. And um, everything that you put out is beautiful. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm lucky to have a deck of your cards and love everything about what you're creating. Oh, thank you so much. Such a kind intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, my pleasure. Um, but t- yeah, let's kick off with you maybe introducing yourself and your business name and where the idea came about. Yeah, cool. Um, so uh, my name's Paige, but I go under the handle of Delta Venus um, and I'm creating, I guess, uh, channeled uh, conscious artworks and written pieces um, that you know I guess uh, really like just come through me um, and I sort of got to this place after working as a designer and you know just enjoying art I guess as a like a pastime for a few years and um, just followed that I guess natural calling that was really like pulling me to give this a bit more attention and energy and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. And I'm I'm going to dive deep here because I think there's this, and I totally get where you're coming from, but I also, there's this thing around like, I guess like conscious business and callings and stuff. And I think you've, you know, that I often get people being like, well, how do you know what your calling is? And, you know, all these things. And yeah. um, I truly believe we're moving to this place where people are, you know, especially and post-COVID of people questioning and going, you know, what do I love to do and can I make a business out of it and um, all of that. But I'm keen to hear, yeah, like you've, are you are you full-time in this now, right now? Yeah, I am. So, I mean, I've worked for myself full-time for five or six years now and um, I guess, you know, like so many people that go into full-time work, the first few years of my business I was still doing work within my own business that I didn't love. Um, so, you know, I guess applying a skill that I love to use, you know, more so than working in an office or a coffee shop or something, but um, still finding myself in a bit of that that dissonance energy where I was finding myself like frustrated with jobs and not really loving the work. Um, and in the last... This creative, was this like creative work with yeah. like graphic design and things? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, working with a few like corporate clients and um, having to, I guess, like hustle a little bit and prove my worth and all of those things that I think, you know, um, early on people like standing on their own two feet in business sort of moved through. Um, but it's been really nice in the last couple of years to really... Um, follow what I guess I'm calling a, a calling here but a bit of a strange pull um in a direction that you know I think I've been <laughs> taught my whole life was probably not likely to offer me any any success and um here we and, are yeah that's it <laughs> well, look at me well now so far. <laughs> yeah I love that hey so let's dive into this because I firstly want to know and I think that's a really important um 
mention of you know when you first go out from like design into your own um, creative space or like whether it's freelancing or a company you know your own business mm. um, I think it's really normal for people to kind of just say yes to jobs to get some money in the bank or you know think that there's nothing better is going to come along or they don't know how to attract the right clients so they just say yes what was your process from moving from some of that work that you that you weren't loving and, and wasn't lighting you up to, um, you know, attracting more of the work that you love and eventually moving into, I guess, like art um, and yeah. selling that? Um, you know, I think initially I had to witness cash flow. I know this is such a boring answer, but no. it was something that I would get really caught up in and, you know, when you work for yourself, it's ups and downs. So sometimes in those down moments, I would have that bit of like a lack resonance come in where I'm feeling like, oh, you know, I should have said yes to the job that I didn't want to do to make sure that I had money. Um, And like literally on my uh, computer screen right now um, is a very old piece of paper where I've written, there is always enough for me. Um, and I think it was a really like important lesson in realizing, you know what, when I look over the spectrum of a year, there might've been really low points of maybe, you know, like eight weeks where there was zero money incoming, but then there were other months where I'd have, you know, like a whole year's worth of income come through. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think it was a really big process of surrender and trust, um, and really coming into that sort of flow state of recognizing the more that I followed my heart's pull to you know do the work that I loved and that was really lighting me up um, the more of it would come to me and just to trust that it would come to me and not get too concerned about um, you know where the next dollar was coming from or putting myself in situations with clients that didn't really feel aligned with what I was trying to create. It's uh, yeah, and I think we can dive into that because I read a, a really beautiful blog on your site around self belief and creating from like believing that you are you can have it, and I think that's something that you know a lot of people struggle with, especially in the early days when you go from an agency or you know a job and you're now out on your own and it's so easy to question if you're doing it right and you haven't got you know you may not have the full experience that you need yet and and so we kind of retreat back into this like oh just take it vibe and it's the more that you stand in that self-belief and you say yes to the things that you want to be doing and you you do good work right and good work attracts more opportunities for good work totally and I mean you know it's so um counterintuitive in like a really patriarchal created capitalistic business model to say no right I'm like no one gets taught when to say no or how to identify a job that like oh the the paycheck on that job looks great but maybe it doesn't feel great Um, and I think you know there's a real sort of like art to discernment and knowing um, what jobs to sort of follow but I I really believe um, everyone has like a perfect calling and it's mm. probably been evident in them since their very early days and it's just a matter of you know I guess getting your ego out of the way and getting all of the fear around how you'll earn money to you know support your life to just really simmer into that and, and find what that calling is and allow that to be the sort of thread that pulls you along and just trust that everything else will fall into place around it yeah and it's this, I, I definitely noticed when I had that switch in my business as well of like, 
that I did this exercise where I sat down and was like, if I was to make money doing what I love and what I'm good at and what lights me up, what would my business model look like? And I actually, and I think it was in a bit of a crisis moment where I was just feeling really frustrated and stuck and things weren't working and, or there was just, you know, I was avoiding it because there was, yeah, things I wasn't enjoying and I was procrastinating about, but saying yes to it. And then that was getting me like in, you know, uh, a tricky situation of like dropping balls and things. And I really had to stop and be like, okay, what's my perfect, you know, dream business model? And mapped it out from like ideas of like, you know, speaking gigs and podcasting and, you know, Instagrams and like lives and teaching and stuff. And then kind of went, okay, well, is this viable? And it allows me, it allowed me to say no to things, to rework some ways that I was doing things, outsource other things, completely let go and shut down some parts of the business and yeah, it was, um, yeah. It, you start to move into that flow where you're just like, I can't believe I get paid to do what I love. <laughs> totally, totally. And, you know, everyone deserves that. It's so, um, it's so interesting, you know, the pathways that we can take to get there. And I'm sure it looks like different for everyone, but, um, I think it's, you know, if you say yes to everything, you certainly don't have the space to mm. figure out like, what, what is that thing that calls me? Like, what do I want to be doing every day? Um, yeah. Yeah, good, I good, love good that. Good for you. I'm very happy yeah, yeah. to hear that you're in that flow. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. No, and I think it's just, a, I think it's a, it's something that's, yeah, is coming more to light for a lot of people. And it's just that self-belief that you can have that and something that I've always liked to share on this podcast and platform because, yeah, there's there's people who are doing it and, and it's been, yeah, a very different message of like, you know, you go to work and you get the job done, you you pay the bills and then on weekends you do what you love, you know. Yeah, totally. And so I think there's this shift, especially, you know, I, I really believe post-COVID it's like the world broke for a reason so that we would ask these questions. Absolutely. I mean, everyone's been given such a gift of the space to sort of feel into what that is. I sometimes, mm. you know, if I hear someone say like, oh, you know, work today. Oh, I can't wait to the weekend. And that just feels so foreign to me at this point. You know, mm. I, I've been um, off work for the last two months whilst I've been relocating from Melbourne back to Queensland. And every single day I've just, I can't wait to get back to work. I miss work. Like I want to do what I love. So I love like that. something special there. I know it's amazing. And I'm really interested to dive into, if you're open to it, where you learned, I guess, your spiritual practice. I know you talk a lot about manifesting and the messages that you share through your platform feel very, yeah, like um, intuitive and and enlightened in a lot of ways. And I'd love to hear, yeah, your journey into that world and is it something you've always done or, yeah. Mm. Um, it's so funny. I get asked this question so often and I still don't have a, a very articulate answer to it, but I suppose I've always been quite um, creative or like visually creative. I, there's lots of, you know, photographic evidence of me making art and things as a really small kid. Um, but spirituality came into my world like pretty early. Um, at 14 or 15, I would just, you know, be blocking out the world and reading books on Buddhism and meditation and um, that had always really appealed to me and 
um, I suppose it wasn't in, until I had a bit of like a traumatic experience um, in my early 20s that really like catapulted me into my spiritual practice. Um, and it's only really probably been in the last like three or four years that I've sort of figured out how to get out of my own way and um, to synthesize the two and allow my creative practice to, I guess, be a medium for my spiritual practice to communicate through me. I love that. And can you, can I ask like what books or teachers or trainings or things that you kind of like really lit you up or helped you on your journey? Oh, I mean, there's so, I mean, what if, if you went to a <laughs> spirituality section in a bookshop, I've read it, you know, um, I, I think that, and, you know, I, w- I would really say that's probably been more beneficial for me personally than, you know, just going to uh, Kundalini Yoga or some one specific modality. So I spent a lot of time with Tibetan Buddhism. Um, I've read uh, lots of, of the ancient Egyptian spirituality. That's part of my lineage that I've been really learning about over the last few years. And um, yeah, I mean, really so many things. It's hard for me to grasp on them, yeah. them right now, but it's been nice to sort of find that um, that thread that's really yeah. constant through all of them. Um, it is. Hey, I think it's the thing I was going to say too, because when I asked that question and hearing your response, I think yeah. I was like, mm, maybe a dangerous question because I know that when, you know, it's easy to to go, oh, cool, I want to be like that or like I want more of that in my life. And and yes, at some times it's like taking recommendations, but I think the books that have like really significantly changed my life or the teachers or the people that I've, you know, followed or learnt from um, it's always come intuitively. Like it's you tune in, you're just like, oh, I feel like I need to read that book or, you know, you read a book and you finish it and then all of a sudden this other one comes into your world and, um, you know, you're like, oh, wow, this is the perfect flow on from that. And it's like having, because it, it, it's, yeah, based on, yeah, where you're meant to be going on your journey, I guess. Totally, totally. I mean, I've had the joy of sort of unpacking my library that's been spread across the country for the last few years and is now finally in the one house and just going through it as I've been unpacking. It's, it, it, you know, I couldn't, no, none of these books came to me from a list of must-reads. It was just, mm. um, you know, the one that jumps off the shelf and I'm sure that's, you know, the perfect book for that moment and, yeah. Mm, amazing. <laughs> And what's your practice like now, if you don't mind sharing, with, like, I guess, obviously merging, you know, your spirituality with your creativity? How does that look for you in terms of, yeah, like a a daily schedule or flowing and time? And Yeah, um, I... I'm in my probably uh, coming up to the end of year one of my first year of not having a very rigid daily structure, um, which is really foreign to me. I'm sort of really comfortable with my, you know, like at nine o'clock I'm doing this and 9.30 I'm going to do that. Um, But this last year I thought I'd try out something new where I really allow myself to be led by my intuition. Um, I guess just to see how that would Um, impact my workflow especially in I guess channeling these artworks and really allowing myself um, the space to be in a trance state and uh, it's going really well so far but every day Mm. looks different Um, you know I'm still like every other human that has to you know wash my clothes and do my dishes so it's sort of um, sometimes 
things are happening in the middle of the night or very early in the morning and I'm just trying to be really flexible and allowing myself, I guess, the surrendered space to flow into that, um, which I, you know, realise is quite a privilege. A lot of people have kids and responsibilities and things that don't allow that sort of fluidity in their <laughs> daily routine. But, um, yeah. No, it's... I love that. This, um, <laughs> no, I think it's beautiful and I think something that um, I've I definitely, I mean, because when you're a creative and you're, you know, a content creator, in an, I think sometimes it's, you know, sitting and doing emails and meetings and practical EDMs and setting up ads or whatever other, all the different businesses are doing, it's the, that stuff is almost like justified. It's again, maybe back to that old model of business where it's like, cool, I sent this many emails today, I feel productive or I did work, you know, whereas I think sometimes we battle with the creative process of content creation or getting the message clear of what you want to stand for and how you want to help people or, you know, that process of creating space for the creativity is harder to justify almost. Oh, I'm having to totally rewire my brain and and be like, you know, when you're sitting down resting or reading a book, that's actually part of your workflow. And it's so foreign to me to accept that because I'm like, no, this is, you know, traditionally I've been taught if I'm sitting here doing nothing that's lazy or I'm being unproductive. But, um, you know, I think the creative process really needs space and it needs rest and it needs, you know, inspiration from Mm. other sources and things. So, it's been a bit of a massive reframe in what a productive day looks like, and I guess giving myself a little bit of permission to feel productive in activities that are probably historically not viewed as so productive. Mm, it's actually interesting that you're bringing that up because it's, I remember the Flow Research Collective, which is, um, you know, when you say trance, I guess flow could be another space for that. And it's, you know, when when things come naturally and easily and it's almost like divine ideas and, you know, you can high-performing athletes aim to get into flow states. But, you know, I think a lot of creatives and artists over the years have have been in these trance-like flow states of, yeah, channeling something that's beyond the mind. Um, but part of the, you know, even though it's a research centre that's studying the neurobiology and everything around getting into this state, um, because I guess everyone wants to be in that high-performing space. Um, part of that process of what they talk about is, um, you know, you're learning and you're actioning and, you know, you're doing and then you have to rest because the brain needs time to integrate into, yeah. you know, what it's learnt, whether it's been reading or whatever. But if you're always in a heightened state, the brain actually can't integrate the information Totally. I mean, I feel like this is <laughs> that uh, this last section of what you just said is probably all, all of what my life has been about for the last five years has just been um, trying to follow that intuitive pull of sta- that that state because I think it knows mm-hmm. how to operate within us and it, it it knows what it needs to get in that state and it knows when it's had enough of being in that state and it needs to, as you said, rest to reintegrate. Um yeah, I feel like a lot of the time it's that little part of us that wants to do something and then the mind comes in and overrides us and tells us we should be doing something else and it's a little bit mm. of stepping out of the way and just following mm. that knowingness that's inherently yeah. within us. It's a, it's such a battle. Like I often have this <laughs> conversation with my friends. There's two things around those, like Mondays for whatever reason, even if you've got nothing on and you like I've been 
not having I, I try not to schedule anything on Mondays for you know years now in my business I reckon five years and I still every now and again will get these little Monday guilts of like why aren't I being productive yeah <laughs> and I mean you can't blame us right it's it's still very much culture and energy that we're all you know being programmed to and uh, you know living amongst <clears throat> but I think the other thing is like what I've really um helped with my rewiring is that when I'm in a flow state and I'm like on and I'm channeling ideas or I'm really tuning into what I'm doing and why I'm doing it the ideas can come in a split second and open doors that are so powerful or exciting or opportunities and you know creations that it does that a 40-hour work week could never have done from the mind alone Exactly. I, I have been saying this quite a bit recently to a few friends that are moving into working for themselves. And they're like, oh, you know, how, how am I going to do all of this and that? I'm like, oh, if you just trust and allow that space, you know, it is totally like you can do a whole work week in, in an hour and, you know, everything mm. else gets done as well. So it's pretty yeah. awesome to allow yeah. ourselves to speak to break away from that. Monday, yeah. 9 a.m. Yeah. I'm forcing it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a big one to shift. But is there anything in particular that whether it's it is like a mantra like you shared before or anything for those who who might be on that journey of trying to rewire what and like overcome those guilts when they come up? at the moment for myself I'm just really sinking into trust um, and trusting myself you know we all inhabit these bodies that are so profoundly wise and know exactly what they're meant to do so I think you know that's probably a big aspect for me at the moment is just trusting that I know what to do you know beyond my Mm. mind and also feeling that worthiness of that I don't I don't have to perform to feel like I've earned rest or, you know, rest is part of it. So I think I think maybe just giving ourselves a little bit of compassion and that permission to just mm. um, do what we need to do and, you know, not hold ourselves to anyone else's standards because at the end of the day we just have to answer to ourselves. I think that you actually just nailed it there <laughs> with the worthiness piece, right? I've done that before and I'm like, wow, I barely did anything today and then feel that, you know, disconnect in me and be like, and then when I inquire into it, I'm like, why do I feel like shit? And I'm like, because I I didn't tick enough things off the list and therefore I don't feel worthy of rest or, you know, finishing the day or or taking some time off. And I think it's the more secure you are, the more self-belief you have, the more no, the more that you know that you are capable and that who you are does not depend on how successful or, or productive you were in a day and you're still lovable for yeah. yourself and for others, uh, the more that you allow yourself to rest and flow and trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, um, I, I'm trying to measure my days lately with like uh, instead of how productive I was, just how much of the day did I remain in my awareness? You know, was I did I lose myself in activities? So sometimes I'm like if I spent six hours in the garden instead of ticking off my to-do list that I was supposed to be doing but I was in awareness for every single moment of those six hours and fantastic I was doing exactly what I was meant to be doing um and you know being being happy with that and 
I've, you know, you asked about mantras. I'm just looking over at my desk now. There's another one that I have here that just says, who says? Um, and sometimes uh-huh, I when I feel it. myself get caught up in that, I should have done this. So I'm really trying to eliminate the word should completely out of my vocab. Mm-hmm. But um, when I find myself there, as we all do, um, I always just try to bring it down to who says. And often it's not me who says. And um, it's just a learnt, you know, thought mechanism that I think it's really helpful for us to all sort of break up with a little bit um, mm. and just give ourselves a little bit of extra credit and some love. <laughs> yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love that. I think something that I've also learned through the last two years of this pandemic is like, you know, what really matters? It's like, yeah. is it, you know, the level of hecticness that I think I was even operating at before, even, you know, during the pandemic at points with my book launch, it was like, did I really need to be? And I actually was thinking about this as a as an Instagram post today of like about the one of my favorite things coming out of the pandemic is this grace that we seem to have given each other on getting back to emails or or needing to change plans last minute or you know that we're not you know, as available on you know answering questions and things and it feels like a softening in in a lot of people and being like, yeah, the turbo level that we were at and expecting of each other is starting to soften a little. Yeah. Thank goodness. Right. I don't, I feel like everyone was headed for some burnout um, without that sort of balancing out a little bit, but Mm. I, yeah, I agree. I'm witnessing that myself and it's really nice to, you know, hear everyone have a little bit more um, compassion and humanity in the email space. Yeah. important to remember that you know everyone is just doing their best (laughs) I love how much meme culture seems to like really like when it's like when an idea starts to or belief in in the larger world starts to be like yeah cool that's what we're all thinking um the memes go off and then it's like okay cool it's officially (laughs) acceptable to not reply to emails anymore because the memes are everywhere (laughs) totally totally Oh. Hey, that kind of <laughs> takes me into this other really interesting topic, which is where I think we started wanting to have this conversation in the first place. Yeah. It was this idea around uh, creating from a place of abundance and you know, intuitive and not forcing or or hustling or or creating from a place of lack of like, I have to do this, which I'm seeing. And I know I think you've mentioned it as well as this idea of of what we're seeing on online and it's almost takes it, you know, as the pandemic pandemic is touch wood coming to a closure or a peak or whatever, like who even cares anymore? Yeah. But um there's no point trying to predict where the where it's at. No. But um, you know, not returning back to the hustle culture, but seeing also as, you know, we're watching the social platforms that we both run our businesses on as well are shifting and changing and um, and a lot of people panicking from that space and almost acting from from lack or forcing or how do I get, you know, increase my engagement or increase my followers and, you know, coming back to watching you grow over the last couple of years, especially with your art, you know, it feels really effortless and abundant and creative and, yeah, and resonance of of ease. It doesn't feel forcing from you. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's really not, I don't have a, um, I'm not, I'm not a numbers guy. I don't set myself, you know, targets or there's never, I don't um, do New Year's resolutions. I haven't started this year by saying, I'm going to have 50,000 followers by the end of the year. It's something that I have Mm. a lot of um, 
loving detachment from, let's say. Mm. Um, I just know I'm here to do the job that I'm meant to do and that I trust whatever the byproduct of doing what I do when I'm in that resonance um, and flow with myself will take care of me. And I think, you know, I witness it quite a bit in the creative industries on social media that um, there's almost this expectation that, you know, the platform's going to perform for someone in the way that they want it to or it's going to provide them with what they want. And, you know, ultimately the universe, like, always provides for everyone um, in, you know, whatever they need most in that moment for growth. And sometimes, you know, it's not just... um, getting that exact number of followers in that week and and maybe there's a little bit of a disconnect there with why people are creating and how they're using the platform um instead of it being about the work and what they're trying to put out there and getting a little bit skewed in the outcome of the work mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah no i think that that's it right is like what you know creating i guess putting i love that around creating and and going yeah if i if if our job was to get into, to keep inquiring into what do I love, why am I here, and then we get into alignment with that and we start acting from that place, it's this idea of resonance, right? So then you're vibrating at this like in alignment with who you are and why you're here and then that can't not attract abundance or opportunities or yeah, whatever is right for you. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I had a really strong um, channeled message come through at the start of last year and it was just the more you share, the more you'll be given to share. Mm. And I feel like, you know, the social media platforms are such an incre- uh, incredible um, space for us to just give. I'm never putting anything out there on Instagram with an expectation of receiving anything. It's just an awesome space for me to be able to offer something to the world and you know, naturally things do come back to me from that space. Um, I just think because that's, you know, the law of (laughs) attraction, I guess, or that resonance um, and just uh, not ever expecting anything to come back from it, you know. I feel like as soon as we put an expectation around anything, it just causes the energy around it to become really rigid. Um, And that's the same with the creative process, right? You know, I feel like if you're painting something and you want it to look a certain way, it's it doesn't happen um you know you end up like with a crappy painting and just feeling frustrated rather than whatever the painting was meant to be and what it could have been if you didn't try and force it yeah I love that and I think it's like for those at home who are maybe like yeah but how do you do that like I don't know about you but I'm I'm just thinking as you were speaking around this idea of um, yeah, why are you creating this? You know, who is it for and how, how can you, you know, be of service or give and, and you know, maybe trying to cut out some of the noise of like, if I do this at this time or promote it here or do that, then I will get this much engagement or whatever and instead come back to the purpose of the work and the creation. Totally, totally. I mean, well, you know, um, sharing from my humanness, when I first mm. started my art journey, I really like, um, I want. I had this very egoic <laughs> version of what my paintings would look like, and I'd exhibit in galleries. And so, you know, I was really pushing and paying to promote my work. And um, 
I ended up having to really step out of the way because what I'm creating now is totally not, you know, um, if you looked around my house, it doesn't look anything like mm. what my Instagram account looks like. Um, and, you know, I never, I was the black and white artist before I was doing all of these rainbow pieces, if you would believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I think at some point um, it is, it's almost like, stripping yourself away of this idea of what you think it should look like and just really listening like there is this inner voice in us that knows exactly what it wants to do it's just such a you know ongoing process of getting out of your own way and allowing that to be the voice that leads you um and it's been so awesome because you know I haven't um in in almost like the opposite effort of trying to grow Um, a following where I was really trying to do that at the start it's naturally grown the moment I just released any sort of Mm. um, need or desire around that being something I was working towards I just thought you know what Um, my main purpose here is just to magnify the resonance of love so I will just do that through whatever medium every day that I can and trust that um, whatever comes of that is you know for my highest good and the highest good of all that's beautiful thank you for sharing that and I think yeah I I love that and I I think it's like coming back to what where we kind of started which is like believing that you can create from a place of ease and joy and then that can also provide you know results for you and it's letting go of yeah that uh, if we're hustling if we're sitting at a desk if it's hard if I'm pushing through beyond my capabilities then I'm doing good but it's like what if (laughs) there's this beautiful (laughs) ease and joy and awe in creating that is like from our inner voice and whatever message is here for us and then that could be what you do totally totally you know and I think um I if there's anyone listening that's still having that thought of like what is that or how would I know I always just try to pay attention to when I'm in a in an experience or in an activity and I feel really energized from it you know it's that feeling of like oh this is giving me life force it's not taking anything from me um and in those moments of flow where you know it's I feel after I've worked that I'm more rested and more energized than before I started usually I'm like okay more of that that's what I'm meant to be doing (laughs) if I'm feeling really depleted or you know really exhausted after something that's usually a really good indicator for me that I'm like oh something wasn't right there I might have been forcing myself to do something in a moment Mm. where I wasn't meant to be doing that Mm, that's that I love that the other thing that I often do is like when those magical moments happen whether it's like you know, a, a beautiful alignment or an opportunity or, you know, you, you're in a flow state and you create something and it's just really well received or, you know, there's that synchronicity of like, oh, my gosh, I'm right person, right place. Whenever those things happen, I'm really trying to notice them and anchor them in as evidence yeah. and be like, wow, everything happened perfectly in a way that I could have never have imagined and reminding myself and like almost like giving them more airtime and trying to like, yeah, fill up the bank of those memories and experiences and evidence in my head that this is how I can create. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm just going to piggyback off that one, but I think also acknowledging, um, 
you know, I, I feel like sometimes within those incredibly, you know, aha, synchronistic, those moments where we feel lit up because everything falls together, there's also a lot of gritty, uncomfortable, shitty aspects of that that at the time, you know, you can have the feeling of why me or this sucks or this isn't what I wanted. Um, and, you know, with the clarity of hindsight, sort of acknowledge that some of those uncomfortable, disruptive moments um, are also part of what's pulling you to come into that synchronicity um, and, you know, maybe redirect you if you're you're trying to force a pathway that isn't the highest one at that point. Oh, I love that. I, I really, really love that message over the years of really, I guess, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable because when it, when it feels like that, why me? And it's almost like the breaking or this is painful, or this sucks. Most of the time, we had were taken to that place because if we didn't feel the discomfort and it didn't like kind of you know when, when we're in a bliss state we're so just like wow life is good you never really stop to contemplate right it's yeah. not until it gets painful that you actually go ouch what is hurting me or how why am I feeling like this that we actually stop and inquire and like you know a lot of spiritual teachers talk about going into the cave to, mm. to find you know or the the wound that you that you fear is where the light comes in like there's so many messages around that and um yeah of so learning that and being like there's something here if this hurts there's a lesson here absolutely I mean I'm just coming out of what's been a two-month cave and a hell of an experience mm. um and you know I feel like uh, if you can stay like even a little bit light and playful in the shit you know now I feel like when my life is on fire I have a little bit of a giggle with myself because I'm like oh something I'm a big lesson is coming through this I just Mm. can't see it right now just you know stay aware and try and you know keep calm and peaceful through the experience but um Mm. you know birth is painful I feel like as creatives it's definitely something that we need to get really comfortable with because like creation comes out of that birthing process and you really have to sit in that hollow and infinite womb space for something to come through and sometimes it does feel very uncomfortable um, yeah but always amazing things on the other side of it right like working. yeah I read um I that was definitely my process and especially the the four months of like deep lockdown here in Melbourne I moved and then went into like four months of lockdown and it was winter and I was alone and uh I went to some really like dark places and I actually started, I, I'd, I'd heard this, I'd watched this documentary about these, um, this acting technique <laughs> that actually a client was studying. I said, oh, this is all about it. And I, they, it was after the 1920s, I think, but they started this um, acting school and, and one of the quotes was like, we created it in a time of after the recession um, they were in a recession and um, like had it not been that economic turmoil, we wouldn't have had the space, you know. It was like yeah. we had to create, that's all we had. And that made me write and journal and, and even recorded some videos that maybe one day I will share. <laughs> um, but from a from the darkness and I was, um, I, I think I've always run Startup Creative from like a, from a light space of like inspiration and here's a dream and here's a future and you can have it too, you know? And yeah. so it was really interesting for me to create and write and process from the opposite of like, this is really hard. 
Yeah, I mean, how, I'm I'm sorry that that was your experience, mm. but also very grateful that it was. You know, I feel mm. like there's such a a depth, and our learning experiences seem to be just that little bit um, more anchored or something from the those more difficult experiences. I feel like mm. they've definitely been my you know bigger teachers than feeling yeah. the flow in a nice moment that feels easy and lovely you know <laughs> and when you get out the other side you're like holy shit that was intense <laughs> yeah but also you know like how empowered just like I did yeah. that I'm through that like I made I survived I'm it's I'm so okay true. Yeah. I've, I've actually shared that with friends I'm just like I looking back and being like wow that that was intense and being like there's no way some of the lessons that I that I took and the growth that I did in my own self-belief as well came from those times and I feel like it was like excelled and who I you know feeling into post that situation and looking at it and going there's no way I would have reached that level of growth and understanding and insights and and self-love had I not been in that like full cooker pressure of like fire yeah good for you I mean you know I it's a it's a bit of a lame analogy but I always just compare life to a video game and I truly don't believe we're ever given any challenges that we're not able to meet and you know for a lot of us the last couple of years has been like a boss level of a video game and I feel like all of our trials and tribulations before that are just um you know maybe the smaller level tests to get to those big moments where you really level up and on the other side of that you have so many more internal resources available to you to like face the next challenges that are ahead because they will be there. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. No, I love this conversation. I feel like we could go on and on, but we're just actually just pouring our diaries out now. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I just had a moment of being like, shit, I'm on a podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, but I love it. And I think it's really, it, yeah, it's, it's actually nice to be able to share. This is my first podcast for the year. So it's nice oh, to be yeah. sharing from a place of a little bit different than just like let's get back to hustle because I definitely don't feel like that's the energy right now I don't think it will be but um I love (laughs) yeah tell tell us I would love to hear your tips and um and I mean there's been lots of amazing little snippets throughout this conversation but yeah your any final tips or advice for whether it's creative starting out and going, hey, I'd love to, you know, do what I love or and get paid to do it or um, maybe there's people who are feeling like they've started and that they've lost a little bit of their vision and, and needing to come back into that alignment. Mm. I think I would almost say the same thing for both of those people um, and it would be maybe to carve out a little bit of time and get really um deep and real with yourself about what your intention is for what you're doing um and you know I I think I would be really um, I was going to say critical that's not the word bring a lot of awareness to what that why is and be really real with yourself it might be rooted in your ego you know and maybe that needs a little bit of a reframe if it's around um you know money or fame but if it's another reason um especially one that's in service of others and all of humanity um, if you're feeling like you're ready to start or you might be in a little bit of a you know like a stalemate spot maybe the breath of new life that needs to come into your practice and your process is just realigning your values and your practice with that ultimate why reason that's driving the bus um, and just allowing everything else to 
to follow that, follow that voice that's pulling you along. <laughs> Beautiful. I think that's such great advice in that coming out of like, yeah, questioning. I think there's like, you keep, you can keep going. Why? And then why? And then why, you know, it's like you yeah. answer the why and then, and then why, why do I want that? And then why? Until it gets to this place where it's almost feels peaceful in your body. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the signifier, right? It's like, oh, yeah. this is why. Okay. This is who I am. Cool. Yeah. And I love that around being in service because I think over the years as my spiritual practice has grown, it's I've also attracted more people as coaching clients who we do talk about meditation or tuning into their purpose and as part of the coaching process and you know, really noticing that when things are showing up to to make the world a better place or to be of service or to help and and people are operating their businesses from a place of yeah, love for the for the wider good, whether that is design or or you know, personal training or whatever, um it can't not exactly do well <laughs> it's just infused with the the energy to succeed the universe mm. wants you to succeed when you're doing something that's in benefit of everyone mm. Mm. Beautiful. thank you so much for your wisdom and sharing your process and and so many great tips for those out there oh thank you so much for having me it's such a Absolutely. treat to start the year with this chat <laughs> no i'm so excited to see what you do this year have you got anything coming up maybe you can actually quickly tell people where to find you and your offerings and i know you the other thing that i loved about your stuff is um i went on the website and you're like yeah i'll be back soon <laughs> i'm like yes <laughs> I didn't set a date for myself because I thought, you know what, there's a very high chance I'm not going to know what that date is and I don't want to disappoint anyone. Um, I, You can find me at Delta Venus on Instagram and my website's deltavenus.art. Um, this year I have lots of awesome things underway, but um, in the nature of surrendering to them, I don't think I'm going to tease anything soon because they're all a little bit out of grasp right now, but um, some workshops and um, some new art and some new um, one-on-one offerings coming out this year. Amazing. Oh, because you do the aura things too. Yeah, I do um, energy portraits. Which That's I'm right. really looking forward to getting back into. It's probably the, my favourite part of my job. Oh, my God, I remember seeing those. I'm going to get one. I'm going to book in. I will keep an eye out. I will look forward to it. <laughs> so exciting. Well, thank you so much, Paige, and happy new year. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for tuning into the Startup Creative Podcast. If you get a chance, head to iTunes and leave a rating and review. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you get notified every time there's a new podcast up. See you next week. Bye.